Hey, this is Gratuitous. Welcome to Music Production Made Simple, the show that focuses on best practices about music production, which is based on FL Studio. If you're wanting to become the best producer you could be, subscribe and listen weekly. You can also check out my courses, which teach you the principles and basics of music production. They'll get you up and running quickly. In addition, I also have books on Amazon and tons of music on Spotify. Always feel free to hit me up at hi at itsgratuitous.com. So let's get into the episode. All right, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 12. In this episode, we're going to be talking about creating melodies with sound selection in mind, okay? So here's something to think about. When we think about mixing, yes, you know, we need to use our EQ, our compression, and everything to get our mix sounding how we want. However, many times it's the sound selection, which is the real foundation to an awesome mix, okay? So for myself, you know, it's because I make beat tapes, so each beat tape has about, you know, 11 tracks, and as I mix these beat tapes, some tracks are easier to mix than others, and that's just because of the sound selection. Everything's clear, you know, you're able to get pretty good loudness out of that track, and then there's some tracks where it's just like, no matter what you're doing, you know, you have to be more aggressive on your EQ. And again, like if you're pushing loudness, sometimes, you know, like it's hitting uh, audible distortion, your sound selection is like the foundation to a good mix. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how do you go about sound selection uh, when you choose your sounds and just thinking in terms of your whole frequency space, okay? So the first section I want to talk about is mixing helps in many areas, but sound selection is the true foundation to a good mix. We have to think in terms of our lows, our mids, and our highs when we're selecting sounds, okay? I'm talking about like your whole frequency spectrum. And now in terms of like music theory, uh, some kind of cool tricks that you can be doing to kind of play around with this frequency spectrum is you can be using tools like inversions. So if you have checked out my course, it's called Learn Piano for Beatmakers and Producers. I explain to you, uh, you know, how to play the piano from, from like a beatmaker's perspective. But I share with you in that course uh, about inversions, okay? So if you play the different inversions of a chord, you can kind of manipulate the frequency spectrum by playing up a little bit or even down a little bit. And what that is going to do is it's going to allow your instruments to fit uh, in the mix a little bit better, maybe add a little bit more fullness and uh, get away from this frequency clashing. You can also do this with octaves and stuff too, okay? Another point here is uh, if you want to add fullness into your actual song, you can also be layering. So don't forget about layering. It's really, really powerful. And then kind of like as a bonus tip, uh, you could be using parallel compression for thickness too, okay? And layering is just, if you have one instrument, uh, it would just be a matter of uh, getting two or three instruments and playing like those same melodies. Uh, and now you have, you know, a layered sound for a fuller sound. So I'm just going to take a little detour here, then we're going to come back to, uh, you know, selecting what sounds and, and, you know, mindset that way. But I just want to talk about certain instruments. And when you select these certain instruments, you know, what you can kind of do with them, okay? So what I want to talk about here is like, so when you are actually about to make a song, when you go to select a sound, what sound are you choosing? Why are you choosing it? And where should you use that sound? Okay, this is kind of like what you got to think about. And uh, just to kind of go a little off topic here, I've also created a course, it's called Musical Rhythms. And uh, I actually had a student ask me, they kept getting stuck with like, you know, producer's block and didn't know, you know, how to proceed. And my answer to them was, well, you have to know like kind of like the common patterns. And by knowing these patterns, uh, you can essentially like force your music to work because it's just a matter of like mix and matching. For example, if we're talking about like short chords, you know, like stabs or like a filler instruments, arpeggios, uh, things to do with like your bass line and stuff like that. OK, so that's kind of more about what we're going to be talking about here. That course is called Musical Rhythms. 
So what type of sounds are good for what types of rhythms? So we're going to be talking about pads first, okay? So pads are super awesome. You know, they're full of emotion. They're amazing sounds. They're typically really slow, swelling, long sustaining notes, and, you know, tons and tons of emotion. And they're typically held down for like long periods of time. If you do have fast chord changes, sometimes I just allow like the chords to kind of play over like those root notes so if it is kind of changing like, the fast chords sometimes I don't change my chords on the pad I'll just change it up on like the chord progression uh, if you do want your pad to change with these faster chord changes you may have to adjust your ADSR so your attack and release uh, especially on the attack side because that's going to allow uh, your notes to play faster because typically like, like I was saying like a pad is really slow swelling and if you have these fast chord changes you're not really going to be able to hear that pad uh, very audibly okay so again if you kind of make that attack a little bit faster on your ADSR envelope you're going to be able to hear that pad uh, on these fast chord changes, okay? Uh, one thing to think about with a pad is they can typically clog up a mix really fast. And the reason for that is because a pad has tons of frequencies. You know, it pretty much has like the full frequency spectrum. You know, it has the lows, the mids, and you know, typically, you know, it has very, very, you know, a lot of highs. Um, but they're really full sounding. And a little cool trick when it comes to your mixing here. So if you're trying to mix your track and there's like that one kind of problem instrument, but you really can't really find what it is, what you could be doing is you can mute an instrument and that is gonna allow you to kind of treasure hunt to figure out what is the problem instrument. Once you found it, then you can solo out that instrument, apply your quick EQ and compression kind of settings, but then you always wanna bring it back into the mix to reference in context of the whole mix because mixing in solo is very dangerous. Now for our next point with this pad here, so it's pretty similar to what I was just talking about in terms of it can clog up a mix. This is a little bit different. So certain instruments, not just pads, but a pad is a good example here is sometimes it's hard to make a pad stand out but the thing is, if you do mute that sound, you'll instantly hear that like your song's fullness, uh, you know, is gone. But as soon as you add that pad back in, now you hear like the fullness in your song. So one thing I always try to tell you is uh, you always have to be thinking about your song in context of a song. So when you go to mix your music, when you're done your mix, does your mix actually sound like a song? That's probably the most important thing because when you're first getting started up mixing, you know, what you're trying to achieve is like you're trying to get all the instruments to sound super clear. You're being really, really aggressive on your EQ. Uh, but what you can be doing is you can actually be taking away from like your original song, the original groove and how these frequencies all kind of gel together. Now, yes, you do want clarity and you want like instruments to stand out. However, like I'm trying to say here, some instruments, you know, you may not be able to hear them super audibly or super clear, but when you mute them, now you can actually hear that your song's fullness is gone, but you add that instrument back in and now your song sounds like a song okay so that's just one thing to think about one other point little bonus point i want to talk about with pads is pads are extremely powerful when you use sidechain compression for example you take your kick drum to reduce the volume of that pad to get like that kind of pump sound really really popular for that uh, let's talk about pianos okay so pianos are amazing for emotion same with the guitar uh, how you could be using these um you know, these pianos is you can be using like a one tap note, uh, just kind of create like a little melody up high. Uh, you could be using like chords, just tap chords. Uh, syncopation is really powerful. So that's just like playing, uh, you know, chords off beat. 
Again, I cover all this stuff with you in my course called Learn Piano for Beatmakers and Producers. We learn the piano from a beatmaker's perspective. You're going to learn how to improvise and stuff like that. Now, in terms of the sound selection with this piano, I always kind of think in terms of like lows, mids, and highs. If I have instruments in like the mids, maybe I want to start working on like the highs now just to kind of spread my instruments, uh, you know, to allow my mixing to be easier. So in terms of sound selection and the frequency spectrum uh, with the piano, uh, so in the middle frequencies, okay, so with the piano, if you play like the middle frequencies, you know, that'd be kind of more like a A4 and like C5 and, you know, that kind of area. Um, you know, this is really, really pow uh, powerful for like emotion and fullness in your music, okay? But now for like the high end, the high end is typically for like a melody, okay? It's often what like the listeners kind of like waiting for and it's kind of like the catchiest part of like the song. The low end, the really, really low end on a piano is really powerful. For example, in like hip hop, many times they just play like one single note. And it, again, it's just such a powerful sound. Uh, Many times you can even use like an EQ kind of filter out like the low end on that piano because uh, sometimes it can it can kind of have like some rumble and you can even layer that with like another hit. But when it comes to the piano, that's how you, you can kind of be playing with that frequency spectrum and your mindset when you're you know selecting sounds. The last category here that we're going to be talking about with the sound is leads. Okay, so leads are aggressive and again, really, really emotional. You have to remember when you select a sound, like not all sounds can hold their own. Okay, so when we're talking about sound selection, uh, this is kind of do to do with like that layering stuff I was talking about. So when you have a sound and now let's say you want to build out the arrangement, sometimes the sound cannot play on its own. And the reason for that is it just doesn't sound full enough. Uh, maybe the actual melody or like the rhythm of that instrument isn't engaging enough. Many times some instruments always need some type of supporting layer or it always has to play with another instrument or sometimes, you know, like the only suit like the chorus because maybe they're, they're too powerful for the track, but it's a really catchy melody. But again, you only want to play it like in the chorus or something like that. One little workaround you can do for that is if you do want to kind of start building it up. So for example, let's say you played the chorus with this lead. Now it goes into verse one, you know, now you've kind of slowed down the song, but let's say now verse one starting to build up into like that next chorus. If you want to add this lead in, typically what I would do is I might use some type of filter, typically like a high cut filter, which is kind of cutting out like the high frequencies and you can kind of build it up that way. And typically these sounds, you can usually only play like one note at a time. So like they're monophonic. Um, and many times these VSTs have a button that allow you to enable that. And that means that you can only play one note at a time. And if you play in between notes, sometimes you can get like that slide depending on uh, how much of uh, your portamento knob that you've dialed in. When you are playing your lead, just think in terms of frequency space. Like when you play that lead, does it sound too thin? Well, then maybe you want to layer so that you add just a little bit of fullness onto that. Or maybe you uh, have to have another instrument, which is kind of, it's different from your lead, but when you play them together, you know, your tracks sounds full. So our next point is how to select sounds for the ultimate sounding mix. Okay. So as you'll discover, you know, some tracks are just easier to mix than others, but this comes down to your sound selection. And sometimes, you know, you really just can't plan it. It just happens. So just like I said, when I had my beat tape, I had like 11 tracks and on that beat tape, there might be like two tracks, which are just extremely easy to mix in compared to the other ones. For some reason, the kick drums just blend super good with like the bass. Uh, then, you know, if I have like a pad and let's say like a piano or whatever, it's just, you know, the sound selection that I've just chosen for that song. And, you know, there was no real um, 
formula for it. It was just a matter of as I was building the track, you know, I wanted some chords. So it was like, okay, I want maybe some emotion. Let's select a pad. And then it's like, okay, well, piano is really good for emotion too. Maybe I'm going to play a little bit higher up in the frequencies because that pad, you know, maybe it's like kind of like the lows and like, like the mids. Okay. And as you start building out this track, all of a sudden these sounds that you selected just go together. And when it happens, it's just amazing. When it happens to you, you know, you're going to you're going to understand what I'm trying to say. It just makes the mix so easy. Your sound selection is like the foundation to an awesome mix. OK, so how do you know uh, if you have good sound selection? So when you go to mix your track, it's super easy to achieve clarity punch as well as loudness in the mix and master sometimes when a, a track has a lot of frequencies which are kind of clashing and stuff like that in order to push your loudness sometimes it's like you just can't get it as loud as another track no matter how loud you're pushing it you know all of a sudden you start hearing audible distortion in compared to a track that just had awesome sound selection okay that's kind of a reference uh, for you when you select sounds uh, to kind of give you a little indicator of have you chosen good sound selection and stuff like that. Again, there's no real formula, but again, you just kind of think in the back of your mind, the lows, the mids and the highs. And if you kind of space out your instruments in such a way, again, even using tools like the inversions and octaves to kind of manipulate like the frequency spectrum, you, you can kind of achieve a really good sound selection almost every time. Now, here's something to, to think about if sounds are not standing out. Okay. So is frequency masking going on. So when sounds cancel each other out and it kind of causes like a hollow kind of sound, you can maybe like flip the phase of certain instruments or it just might be a matter of selecting a different sound or are they, they kind of fighting for like the same space. So for example, let's say you have two lead sounds. They're both, you know, kind of in like that 2K, 5K kind of area, uh, you know, 5000 Hertz kind of area. And if they're clashing, sometimes what you have to do is, you know, you might have to cut space for these other instruments so you take out an eq you can kind of you know cut a little bit around let's say like 4k in one instrument and then maybe cut then on like 2k and like the other instrument just to kind of give space for each other and a really powerful thing to do here is to use a multi-band compressor i'll keep this simple okay so you have these two instruments and what you can be using is like sidechain compression but again, you want to be using like a multiband compressor. That way you can kind of hone in on certain frequencies. And so when they both play, you can kind of reduce the volume of certain frequencies. However, if they play by themselves, then those frequencies are not reduced. Um, and that's just a really powerful thing uh, as you start getting more advanced in your music production. And it allows your music to be a little bit more dynamic because, again, when you use EQ, it's static. So what that means is that you've adjusted your EQ and it's staying there forever unless you've used automation. And again, the easiest way to approach it is just to use sidechain compression with a multiband compressor. That way, when both instruments play, you can reduce whatever frequencies you want out of each instrument. And then when they're not playing together, then it's not reducing those frequencies. It just allows your music to be dynamic and allow clarity and fullness. And it's just a really powerful tool. It's not just used for that, um, but that's just one, you know, kind of advanced trick that you can be using. OK, so just to wrap up this podcast. So one thing I want to talk about is if you are interested in learning how to, you know, think in terms of your lows, your mids, your highs, as well as learn, you know, how to sound design and how to add frequencies and, you know, remove frequencies from from certain sounds i've actually created a course okay it's called creating organic beats and it's probably one of my coolest courses i've created so what i do with you is i actually record a single guitar note with you okay so in the course i actually have a video of me with a guitar and a microphone i record the single note what we do is we bring that single note into fl studio 
And then I show you how to create a whole composition out of that single note. It's a super cool course because the thing is that single note, it's like those are always the same frequencies that you're using. So it's kind of, you know, you really have to think in terms of your frequency spectrum when it comes to your low end, your mids and your highs. If you want to create a whole composition out of that single note, uh, you know, again, your lows is like your kind of like baseline or if you want to create like a pad out of the single guitar note or if you want to create like a lead and then a really cool approach too is you know using tools like distortion and stuff to add frequencies onto the sound to allow it to stand out differently from you know the other instruments because again the guitar note is all the same frequencies uh, it's just kind of a cool mindset and it's a really really cool course it's helped a lot of people out again it's called creating organic beats I will leave the link in the uh, show notes in the, you know, you know, like in the resource section on this episode page on my actual website. Uh, it's gratuitous.com. OK, so let's wrap up this uh, episode. So sound selection is the foundation for an awesome sounding song. It makes arrangement, mixing and mastering much easier to accomplish. Without good sound selection, you'll find yourself tweaking more often. For example, like your EQ and compressor. And again, it's hard to kind of achieve like that loudness in compared to a song which has good sound selection. Uh, when choosing sounds, you want to think in terms of lows, mids, and highs. Is your song lacking in the mids? You know, add an instrument for fullness, either as a layer or like a new melody. Or you can use your current instruments, but you can take a different, you know, inversion or octave or whatever, uh, just to kind of manipulate like that frequency spectrum and kind of spread your notes around if you want to go up a little bit or down a little bit while still playing like the same notes but you are allowing other instruments to stand out and allow more clarity, more fullness and stuff like that. So if you choose sounds while making beats like this, it's going to make like the process easier. It eventually kind of becomes like second nature. You know, again, when I sit to make my beat, I might start with like a pad or something like that. I have like my drum loop. Now I'm always thinking in terms of like my lows, my mids and my highs, especially as I get later on into the song. I start thinking about, you know, where's my song lacking in terms of frequencies? And then I'll simply select a sound and start playing within like that kind of octave in that area of the frequency spectrum. OK, so hopefully that kind of gets you going in a sense of sound selection. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. I always have uh, an Ask Gratuitous section on each page on my actual website. And if you guys like this podcast, I've also left a button there. If you guys want to support this podcast for $5 a month, I'd really appreciate that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Thanks for checking out the episode. If you had any questions, visit itsgratuitous.com slash podcast, select an episode and submit your question at the bottom of the page to the contact form. If you'd like to take my FL Studio courses, see my current studio and podcasting gear, read my books or are interested in lessons, visit the link itsgratuitous.com slash learning. That page will redirect you to more info and resources. I hope the best with your productions. I'm Gratuitous and I'll see you in the next episode.